For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show presented by The Big Lead. I have a very special guest today. He's an editor at Gear Patrol. It's a name that Longtime TBL readers will know and revere. It's the biggest Michigan fan I know. Maybe not biggest, most sensible. The person I've spent the most time in my life talking about that program with, and especially Jim Harbaugh. He's riding high after the Wolverines finally broke through against the Buckeyes on Saturday to secure a trip to the Big Ten championship game. It's Tyler Duffy. Ty, welcome in, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just curious, like, can you walk me through your emotional mindset leading up to the game and, and then then how it progressed as it appeared right from the gate that Michigan did, in fact, come to play and this was going to be a 60-minute dogfight? Um, well, I was – I mean, I didn't want to speak it or um, – tell anyone that I was feeling more confident than I was. But I think when I saw the Vegas line come out um, and, you know, all of the money came in on Ohio state, that sort of set sort of an alarm bell off that like, Oh, maybe they're they're Michigan might have a chance here, you know, that um, and sort of going through the weekend week sort of, you know, trying not to get too invested because, you know, if you, as you know, the, the last 20 years of Michigan football have told me that's probably not a good idea but sort of got more excited as the week went on. Um, spent probably the first half of the game in just a nervous ball of tension in a, sitting in a bar with my friends. And then uh, in the second half, as it was pretty clear that Michigan was kicking Ohio State's ass, um, physically at least, um, you know, and that they were probably going to win. Um, just sort of euphoric, I guess, you know, just, probably the most positive I've been about Michigan football in a long time, maybe the late nineties was the last time. And it really is a long stretch. I think that it's a stat that we both know that I think the public is learning at large that Wolverines have not won the big 10 since 2004. They have an excellent chance to do it more than the excruciating pain that is losing to your biggest rival in potentially the best rivalry in college athletics. In addition to finally realizing some goals that, you know, that fan base has as the standard, uh, how realistic it's been at certain points over the last two decades, we can debate that more than any of that though. I feel like it was cathartic in a way because it was finally Jim Harbaugh's moment. And this will be a Harbaugh heavy episode because when I think about 
him coming to Ann Arbor, he was the main topic for so long. Both of, both you and I were on the college football beat, as it were, and that was our primary area of focus. And obviously, both being from Michigan, we have such interest in the topic for obvious reasons. But I think nationally, he was the biggest story. It was one of the biggest things on our website for a long time and inspired so many strong opinions immediately. It hasn't gone as planned. It hasn't been the best case scenario, but it has essentially arrived at a spot that everybody would be happy with if it becomes routine. So I think there was this giant collective culmination of a bunch of factors coming together that felt like the end of one thing and maybe the beginning of another. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, you know, just starting with the context is that the Michigan's last meaningful win over Ohio State was in 2003. I mean, they beat they beat the Luke Fickle interim year where Ohio State wasn't very good. But I mean, I mean, and to put that into context, I was at that game as a sophomore in college. I have a photograph of myself on the field at that game that I took with a disposable camera. Not a digital camera, a disposable camera that you had to go and get film developed on. That's how long it's been since Michigan had a really sort of cathartic win against a good Ohio State team. And then, yeah, obviously when when Jim Harbaugh came, the media sort of knew that Jim Harbaugh was leaving San Francisco. And the coverage of Michigan's coaching search was that it was an absolute disaster and Michigan was you know delaying and Michigan was doing all the wrong things. And then, you know, Harbaugh was obviously going to another NFL team and sort of, you know, you had sort of the national media with this sort of overarching narrative and then sort of all the local Michigan guys say, uh, no, he's kind of coming to, you know, there's a good chance he's coming to Michigan. There's a good chance he's coming to Michigan. And then to have that actually happen was just incredibly gratifying and exciting as it would be for any program, because you, you know, if you're rooting for a college football team, having some guy who's who is a both a great coach and you know a, a was a great player at your program come back come back to coach when he didn't need to and could have stayed at the NFL and probably had his pick of NFL jobs you know that was a huge deal and it came in with a lot of excitement and you know I don't think anybody was expecting him to beat Ohio State right away although it, you know it, it probably his his tenure probably started off fat quicker than anybody expected and you know maybe they should have beat him in 2016 and I don't think anybody expected it to take this long either. So I think to finally have it happen and have it happen in a way that, you know, it was not getting a blocked field goal and sort of scraping a, a win, but, you know, just comprehensively beating Ohio State, I think this year, especially after how bad that were, things were last year, um, you know, it, it's just really, it's hard to find something more cathartic. Yeah, you mentioned the coverage of him getting the job at Michigan after he got the job at Michigan, he was exalted to this unfair Messiah-like level. I think that he added on to some of the blowback by some of his brashness early on, fairly or or unfairly, that's going to turn people on or turn them off. And then it took longer than expected in one way, but you're exactly right. In 2016, you know, there's been a couple times where there's been an extremely unfortunate bounce, like the play against Michigan State, a questionable spot 
like against Ohio State. And he's really been like the thing about Harbaugh is he inspired so many strong opinions at first really good. And then I think turned on him to being largely unfair where the truth was somewhere in the middle. And what was what made it kind of difficult to have like a nuanced take about him and one that would play was that, no, look, he's been pretty good. He hasn't reached the things that he was supposed to reach, but they like him. He took a pay cut. He liked being there. There was a sense of continuity. He built the program up from kind of some dark places, at least in terms of winning and being cool. Like he brought all this back and it was kind of like, I think that largely once the playoff was instituted, the thought process became playoff or bust, right? So fit, you can't have any success if it doesn't result in winning at all. And it's kind of sucks in the way that people cover the sport that way and try to like, you know, there's so many programs that don't even have a shot that should be celebrating these nine and three seasons. But it was just so hard for me to like, really distill all my thoughts about Harbaugh down to like an easily digestible package that was even, even interesting. And the crazy thing about this year is it's the quietest. I ever remember it being around him. I don't remember him doing anything in the off season to generate headlines. I don't remember Michigan being a big topic of conversation, even though it's one of the nation's biggest brands. And immediately it was clear that this team was really, really good. They had a genuine appreciation for what it is to be Michigan football under Jim Harbaugh, which is be a killer on the lines and run the football. And they weren't beating their chests. They were kind of flying under the radar. So I think like all this just created a perfect storm for Harbaugh to have the best season he's ever had. Now, I don't know how much of it has been by design and how much of it has just been serendipitous, but it really was really clear to me that everything was in place for this to be a special year very early on in the season. Yeah. I mean, I think you had a good point is that sort of the playoff kind of makes college football sort of an all or nothing sport, especially if you're at sort of a major program that's expected to be there. And, you know, I think, and you also made a second good point, which is, you know, it's important to kind of keep an even keel because in college, like college football, you have a very small number of games and, you know, a lot of those games are going to turn on one play made by a 19-year-old. And we we kind of get these, like, sweeping narratives that come from, you know, what happens in this, in this one play. And, you know, in Harbaugh's case, yeah, he, yeah, Michigan uh, couldn't get a punt off uh, against Michigan State in his first year. So that was one win against Mark D'Antonio that went out the window. Um, you had the, you know, JT Barrett, maybe, maybe not. I'm going to lean on the maybe not side because of who I root for uh, getting that first down against uh, Michigan at Ohio state, which would have been game over Harbaugh takes Michigan to the big 10 title game in his second season. So, and I, I think if you look across college football, the, it's hard when you get um, caught up in sort of the following the sport and following the media coverage, because it's very immediate and you know, everything's dramatic and everything's, but but the, the programs that have had a lot of probably have done it the best are programs that have had a lot of success over time are the ones that, you know, don't react as quickly, you know? So like, I think, um, you know, Iowa had a pretty bad spell or mediocre spell when I was covering it. But I mean, if you look at, 
you know, them keeping faith in Kirk Ferentz has probably led to more winning seasons over the past 20 years and good seasons than, you know, they had been, you know, constantly, uh, you know, pulling the ripcord on every single coach, you know, Clemson, when Davos, when he started, it took him a while to get going. His MO for the first few years of his tenure was getting, uh, was doing everything right, except getting killed by uh, Jimbo Fisher and uh, Steve Spurrier. Narrative on Harbaugh definitely swept too negatively, especially after last year, which I think, I think people cover it as an actual year. I would have given pretty much every coach in the country a pass after last season just because it's chaotic and yeah Michigan didn't have a great year after they had a you know the quarterback battle didn't work out because they didn't know if they were you know and they didn't know whether there was going to be a season until a month before and you know and yeah maybe not having Aiden Hutchinson in your defense is kind of a problem considering you know we see this year he's the best player in college football um but yeah I mean I think Jim Harbaugh had the fundamentals there you know he's he didn't forget how to coach football. He is a good coach. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're bringing guys in as recruits and sending them to the NFL as finished products consistently, which is generally a sign you have a good consistent program going there. And, you know, I think this year, this year you finally get sort of quality seniors in the right positions, you know, um, quarterback situation stabilized. And, you know, now we're, we're seeing what Michigan could do and, you know, hopefully the, um, comes through next weekend, but you know, they're, you know, they look like a pretty good football team at that's and a, and a well-coached football team. And the thing about Ohio state being the barometer as it is for Michigan because of the natural rivalry, but it is for everybody in the big 10 is this something, this, this is something that I've been trying to impress upon people who maybe aren't as familiar with like the big 10 ethos and how we think about things to me. At this point, if you're thinking of Ohio State as anything other than our neighborhood Alabama, you're doing it wrong. Uh, if you look at the way that they've recruited, the way that they're kind of been light years ahead of the SEC vacation of everything, which I think now with NIL, I think that everything is going to smooth out and it's probably going to be more competitive year to year, long term. And I think that that's a really excellent thing, both for uh, our particular programs of interest, but for everybody to feel like the playing field is going to level out, there's going to be a little bit more parity. It could be a little bit more fun. I, I just think that like with Ohio state, like nobody beats them. That was Ryan day's first big 10 loss on Saturday. I remember the two wins that Michigan state has over Ohio state in big situations because they are so special because it is so rare D'Antonio was given godlike status because he beat the Buckeyes twice, among other things. It's almost like not that the aspiration shouldn't be to compete head to head, but the reality of what's been going on over the last dozen or so years is there's an absolute juggernaut that's coming each and every single year. So, yeah, you might lose to them, let's say, four out of 10 times, even if the rivalry is pretty even. But if you compare that against what they're going to do against and what they have been doing against the rest of the conference, it's kind of like, yeah, but at least we're holding our own. Every single, every other program that's in our sandbox is not even like standing up 
to what has been a boy. So I think that like the whole record against Ohio state can get really skewed. It obviously depends what years you win the game too, because not all wins are created equal. Uh, you know, a five and six team that upsets the other one on the last game of the year. Yeah, that's great, but that doesn't really mean anything as opposed to doing it in a year that catapults you into larger things. So I think that the Ohio state metric of all of this has given everybody kind of a skewed perception of just how hard and competitive the big 10 and then the big 10 East is each and every single year. I mean, I think Alabama is a good comparison, except that Ohio state has pretty much always been Alabama. Like Alabama has had down periods. Ohio state's never had a bad coach in, you know, 50 years or however long, you know, going back to Woody Hayes. I mean, they, uh, They've been the most stable program in college football, always been, you know, at or near the top of the Big Ten for almost that entire time. I and mean, Ohio State's worst coach, um, you know, had three Big Ten titles, is in the National College Football Hall of Fame. And his, his only big sin was that he blew uh, a bunch of chances to go to the national title game or win the national title because he lost to Michigan. Um, but at the same time, like that's if we boil it down to like the most basic component of why Jim Harbaugh was brought there he was brought there to beat Ohio State like that's that's what matters to Michigan fans that's that's a good season or not a good season and even if it's not entirely fair to judge him on that like that's most people in their heart are judging him and now that he's sort of accomplished that like I think you're when you sort of alluded it to being sort of a new era before like that now that that's sort of finally you know much out of the uh conversation like you know, finally, like, I think he can sort of get more, com get comfortable. And, you know, like we saw this season play his brand of football and, you know, not be kind of, you know, be focusing on what Michigan should be doing, not how Michigan can catch up to Ohio state. You know, I watched you struggle through some bad coaches and, you know, God knows you watch me struggle through some bad ones as well, but like watching kind of the Hoke, which obviously I think looking back, wasn't as bad as everybody remembers era uh, but Rich Rod was largely out of his depth, it, it seemed, most of the time. Can you talk about what it's like and how much more you enjoy watching this team when you have a belief in the coach? And whether that belief was there from the very beginning or you got it two years ago, because I know that I have done a 180. I mean, I did a 180 on the Michigan State football program um, this year. I was immediately convinced that Tucker was the guy like, I like this person. I want this person to be in charge for the next 10 years. Like, I feel like they get it. They get what they get, what I get. And they're like, it's just a good match. How much enjoyment do you gain by knowing that you have faith in the coach and you, uh, you feel like you're rowing in the same direction and, and kind of like, the uh the added layer that that brings like i i this it, it's more it, like it's kind of like one of those things where as soon as it's gone for me and i my favorite team is being hemmed by a bad coach i kind of forget how great it is to have kind of like that calming influence at the top yeah definitely i mean i think this is the first year for me that it's been fun to watch michigan football in a long long time and probably maybe back to sort of maybe Denard, maybe this season the hoax first year where they, they had Denard, Bernard Robinson you know as the most exciting player in college football and they weren't trying to make him 
into a drop pack passer for some unknown reason. Um, and I, I think most programs, um, you know, every, every, pro, every fan college football fan who's had, who doesn't root for Ohio state has, you know, had an experience of losing and understands how frustrating that can be and understands how stressful that can be. And that's compounded when you're, when you're at sort of a big program like Michigan or Texas or, or, um, where you're going to get treated by the Yankees, like, like you're the Yankees and hated by everyone else, no matter what happens. And then when you don't have the results to back that up and everybody takes enjoyment of that, it's, it's really frustrating on an everyday basis. I think just sort of, you know, just seeing Michigan back where, you know, I mean, they, they still have a job to do against Iowa on Saturday, but just sort of seeing back Michigan back in the position to sort of be, I mean, I don't even care about the national power thing. I don't, you know, whatever happens in the playoff, great. I just wanted them to beat Ohio state and win the big 10. And, um, you know, but just seeing them back where they are is, I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, I can connect with something that I love, I love again, where like in the past few years, you know, I, my head sort of understood what Harbaugh was doing and my heart was rooting for him, but it was just sort of, it was hard to get invested because you, you know, Michigan football has been just sort of a world of pain for a lot of long time. And it's just, it just feels great to, you know, finally have some sort of gratification and relief from that. Yeah. I I think I remember in 2017, I think it was the rainy game um, in Ann Arbor that Michigan state won 14 to 10. I think it was the saddest text you ever texted me. Uh, I felt like I was, I was really worried about you. Um, (laughs) And and I honestly, like, it's kind of a thing like, yeah, I, I, you know, I grew up a Michigan fan early on and then grew to have a healthy dislike, um, you know, in college and kind of understand the rivalry. But the thing is about like your rival and, and sadly we don't have as good a one as Ohio state. So Michigan gets to serve as, as Michigan States as well is that like you just kind of, once you understand what they're doing and what they are, like you kind of like in, in what they're thinking and what they're trying to do, like you just kind of like, there's this begrudging level of respect when they accomplish something of note. And what taught me that was watching Michigan basketball in the John Beeline years. Like I used to really, really despise UM hoops with, with a passion. And then I kind of saw the way that his teams played and the players that went through there and then just like they shut me up and like you had to give them credit because they were so good. Like they pushed around people and they had an identity and they stuck to it. And when tested and and put in a tough situation against the fire, like not only did they come through, they came through with style points, which I think is exactly what Michigan did. Like, all things equal, it's kind of stunning. They lost the Michigan State game. It was a very weird game. A long fourth down pass doesn't get caught. Then I think that it's curtains, and you're looking at undefeated Michigan right now. So that result of that game seems a little weird to me. But I was so impressed with Michigan after that game, and nothing they did to me ever suggested, like even with one eye hoping I saw an obvious flaw or something that was going to derail them, or, you know, you hope against hope that something bad happens to them in the game. It's kind of like, no, this team really, really is strong. And Hutchinson, 
is just an absolute beast. I heard you call him the best player in college football. I don't think I would have an argument there because I can't remember a pass rusher like that where I have keyed into each and every snap since maybe Jadavian Clowney. And I think that that's really high praise. And it was all improvements. Like if you look at it through the Harbaugh lens as well, the pay cut, I think was huge. Like, I think that was the smartest thing he ever did. And then the second smartest thing he did is he revisited his staff by going young and getting some new blood in there. And I really think an injection of energy really served the bottom line. So like, it's not even begrudging respect for me at this point with this Michigan football team, because the more I think about it outside of Georgia, like they're probably the second, they're probably the second or third best team I saw all year. Maybe Ohio state was better on balance, but this would be a worthy national title team. And if they go out there and prove it with four straight enormous victories, like they are very worthy. And at this point, like, I gotta be honest, I could really see it happening. So I know that you said this would all kind of be like cherry on top of the Sunday, but what's your confidence level about just how high this team can go and how high it will go? Well, I, I don't want to put the um, cart in front of the horse. They need to beat Iowa and, um, you know, 2016 Michigan went to, you know, we're not playing at Iowa with the stupid pink locker room and everything, but you know, they need, they need to win that game and they need to not get caught in a trap game looking ahead to the playoff. But, you know, it's not the same. um, It doesn't look like it's going to be the same sort of juggernaut filled playoff that we've had in the past. So you might see Michigan as a number two seed and then they would have, you know, if everybody wins out, it might be Cincinnati, which is, you know, if Michigan plays Cincinnati in football, you would expect Michigan to beat Cincinnati no matter what the circumstances are, you know, or, or Oklahoma state, which is, you know, I, you know, so it's, it's not like you're getting, you're getting like, you know, a full blown, or you could end up with, you know, so it, or they could end up playing Alabama first round and probably, you know, Alabama with, you know, a month to, for Nick Saban to fix everything that's gone wrong with. So it's, you know, it's just hard to tell based on who they're going to play. I mean, and, you know, as for my personal fandom, I mean, if they, if they, I care about the big 10, if they win the big 10, great. You know, and if they do something in the playoff, that's also great, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to get down on them. If they, you know, we've seen, we've seen, you know, I don't, I can't speak for you, but you know, you, you've seen Michigan state go have a great season and go to the playoff and eh, that was not a great moment, but you know, it doesn't, I don't think it, deflates a great the great season that you had necessarily no not a single iota i mean you know in the circumstances that game a quarterback who couldn't throw um 10 nothing at halftime it it was there was some level of fun being had at least no but it doesn't it doesn't deflate at all i think kind of the last thing on harbaugh is you know this is the third season out of six where he's been in serious contention down the stretch headed into the last two weeks of the year with a chance to make the playoff. And I don't know any other metric to look at than that as a success, because outside of the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, I think that's about as good as anybody's going to do. As long as the system stays with four teams, like if every other year you are in contention until the end, 
Like that's pretty good. So I feel like that's the most important metric to look at in terms of Harbaugh. And it kind of gives you kind of like a complete picture of, you know, half the time he's been in contention to go to like the upper echelon for most of the season. So obviously things have gone well for a prolonged period of time, three separate occasions. Calling it back to kind of the first thing we talked about, I I do kind of feel like it's a bit of a new era. I don't think Michigan is going to beat Ohio State most years now, but I do think that the gap will close. And once one's out of the way, that's the hardest. And I expect for Michigan to be a biannual contender for the playoff, even if it sticks to four. And if it goes to 12, like we believe it will, then they're going to be in the conversation each and every year. And that's really all you can ask for as a fan, because I don't think that we see a precipitous dip coming for Harbaugh, considering it the balance he's bring, brought the program up to the recruiting that he's done. And then, and then finally he's shown the ability and the capacity to adapt on the fly and address situations before they spiral out of control. So overall, it seems like you're in a really, really good place for the next several years, which is an enviable situation in college football fandom these days. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been frustrating because the program has been consistently pretty good, but not good enough. You know, where I think as a fan in some sense, it might be, you know, Michigan sort of been the anti Auburn where like Michigan is, you know, sort of nine or 10 wins every year. And then, doesn't come through at the end, whereas Auburn's all over the place. And, but, you know, every few years, they're going to have a huge win over Alabama and celebrate and everything's great. I'm hopeful we're moving into a new era. And I think, you know, having a defensive coordinator who wasn't on the staff with um, Ryan Day at Boston College, who probably has a better read on Don Brown's defense than any coach around. And that, you know, that showed in the past couple of Michigan, Ohio State games. Um, You know, so I'm hopeful that, I think it just takes a lot of pressure off and let's sort of, you know, I'm hopeful we're in, you know, I'm happy with the way Jim Harbaugh is running things. It's a very Michigan program and I'm happy to have everyone else else hate us and have the football team be good. Well, I've been, uh, it's been my pleasure to, you know, just sit here and say nice things about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. I, I really think that it's, uh, you know, it's just journalistic integrity after the fun that, I poked through the years and then also kind of like the level where I've been like, I don't really know what else to say about this guy. I'm certainly not going to be someone who's ripping him because I think that he's getting largely, you know, an unfair or an incomplete grade. You know, it take, it took a lot for me, but I, this team really grew on me and I was just so impressed with what happened on Saturday that uh, I, uh, I will devote this much time to it. Uh, and I, I just hope it doesn't become uh, a commonplace because I would, I would hate to be, make this a annual occurrence. Yeah. And I have to say, it's better to be the program with the guy who wants to be there and is donating his money back to other staffers versus, uh, you know, some other programs where the, the coach uh, has, you know, nine figure reasons to uh, take off in the middle of the night. That's Ty Duffy of Gear Patrol. Ty, uh, do you want to plug anything? Uh, if you don't, that's that's fine. What what do you want me to say? Do you want to plug anything? You got anything to anything to sell? Um, you can just check out my work at uh, GearPatrol.com. Um, you know, come click repeatedly on multiple devices, click the ads. Um, yeah. 
Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.